So I recently, Maureen, watched this movie that's been out for a while. Okay. But I loved it. Okay. Have you ever seen Runaway Bride? No. You've never seen Runaway Bride? Yeah. With Julia Roberts and Richard Gere? No, 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 no. no. Is it like a 90s movie? It is. 1999. Uh, so I just wanted to tell you a little bit about it because I think it can relate to what we want to talk about today. Okay. So there's this girl. She's like this young, attractive girl. And she gets this reputation through like the grapevine of just being kind of a runaway at the altar when she's about to get married. Okay. And this happens three times to her. Dang. She's about to get married. She's like there. At the altar. At the altar. And then she like either walks down and then like <laughs> curves away and runs or she's up there and then she just runs. <laughs> she just, she can't do it. She just, she can't compose herself. She can't give herself and she just runs. And so there's this like myth about this girl and this, okay. this New York uh writer i guess columnist here catches wind about her okay and decides to write a story about her well the story was kind of far-fetched and the girl that he was writing about heard about it and was like this isn't true well he ends up going to make sure he knows the true story so he goes to her home Uh, like her hometown and checks out like the situation the scene of like who is this girl Mm -hmm. who is this girl really i could go on and on but the point fall in love (laughs) They might. <laughs> Good guess. Uh, we'll let those who haven't seen it uh, have to go watch it for themselves. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting is that the the columnist kind of getting to know her mm-hmm. and her reflecting on why she runs, uh, it it brings to light that there's actually a part of her that is trying to to become someone for those those men and she doesn't feel herself. Oh, okay. So she she becomes who the she thinks her fiancés want her to be and she okay. doesn't actually know what she likes or what she wants out of yeah. life. Yeah. And so it's hard for her to to give herself. Right. Like she just doesn't so know and she just can't do it. She can't do it. Yeah. yeah. That's very relevant to what we're going to talk about. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. You ready? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Welcome back. Before we begin, we want to make some announcements. We would like you you to consider joining the Awakened Nation. The Awakened Nation is a group of donors who make this show and this ministry possible at Awakened Catholic. All it takes is a monthly donation. It can be as cheap as a cup of coffee a month. And to do that, go to awakencatholic.org slash donate. Also consider joining the Awaken app. Um, The Awaken app is kind of like a social media alternative, and you can chat with uh, members of the Awaken community, and you can also chat with show hosts, so such as me and Megan. Um, You can chat with us, and we would love to chat with you. Um, Yeah, and you have access to prayers. You have access to all sorts of really cool different things. So you can download that at theawakenapp.io. Have you ever dreamed of visiting Paris in the fall? Seeing the beautiful Eiffel Tower lit up by a sunset? 
visiting and venerating holy locations of the Sister Saints of France in Lisieux, Paris, Lourdes, and more. This fall 2021, join select international tours with Claire Swinarski from The Catholic Feminist, author and speaker Catherine Whitaker, and our amazing hosts Morgan Holliger and Megan Burwell from Awakens show Naked Without Shame on a once-in-a-lifetime Sen River Cruise pilgrimage. Join our friends at Select International Tours and Cruises with over 34 years of experience. They are the perfect company to help you experience pilgrimage. To learn more, visit selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. Bon voyage! All right, so... What we'd like to talk about today is a part of John Paul II's theology of the body. That's what we do here on this show. We we talk about themes and human experiences based on what John Paul II offered the Catholic Church when he was Pope. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this Christian understanding of what it means to be human, what it means to love, what it means to to give yourself in love and and really find happiness. Right. So so today we want to talk about really singleness, actually, using singleness, the experience of being single, to further illuminate what John Paul II calls original solitude. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, if, if, if theology of the body says that your vocation is so important and you have to, like, give yourself in order to find yourself and all these things, um, how do you kind of live the season of your life before you enter your vocation, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember in uh, RTOB Tuesday years, um, that question would come up over and over again. Um, how do you be single and kind of like still desire to enter a vocation um, and not kind of negate that desire, but also um, not like be, be able to be in the place you are? Like, Absolutely. It's kind of a drama. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a tension. It's a drama to to figure out peace in that in that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We definitely want to talk about that. And then also how to best dispose yourself for being ready to receive your vocation. Right. Right. Um, in, and to enter into a relationship and how. Yeah, that can just make you happy. How how you know that someone's for you. Yeah. Um, so, but being single and and uh, understanding the experience of being alone can really help us um, have a solid grounding in who we are and in, in understanding ourselves. So, I guess we'll start by saying in the theology, the body text, Jumbo the second illuminates um, who man is in his original state before sin enters. We've talked a little bit about that on this show. So Adam is created and he is in the garden with the animals. He names the animals. He sees the animals. He sees the world and he realizes that I'm alone. Mm -hmm. And John Paul II says precisely this, that, that man realizes he's alone because he is different than the visible world. Yeah. He, he sees that his body is not like other bodies mm-hmm. or created things. Yeah, he's both in the world in a, as a body, mm-hmm. but he's also somehow above the world because he has this power of, I mean, like this, this act of naming. Like I can mm-hmm. sort of see what this thing is and I can kind of um, make a judgment about it. I can put it into language, which is a capacity that the animals don't have. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So he recognizes, yeah, there, there's something different about me. Mm-hmm. How do I have this kind of right. power to... Not only just be in the world as a body, but to understand the world. To contemplate the world. Yeah. To, to ask questions about the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I see, see an animal or I see an object and I think, well, what? You know, I can, I can ponder things about, about that. 
yeah. and, and where it comes from right. and, and why is it here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man has this capacity that's different from animals. We can philosophize. We can, we can ask yeah. those deeper like questions of existing, of yeah. being, which is really neat. And that is one quality that allows man to be a subject too. To talk about, uh, yeah, being a person mm-hmm. and having a, a subjectivity. Man is a subject. Um, different than being an object, mm-hmm. right? There, there's a difference there. Uh, what what makes man more of a subject? Let's talk about that. Do you have any any insight on why man is a subject? What Don Paul II means when he says that man uniquely is a subject is that he has the capacity for um, what John Paul II will call um, self-determination. Mm-hmm. So he can, like we were saying, judge things in the world mm-hmm. and kind of understand their meanings. I mean, going back to our last talk about, you know, technology mm-hmm. and the, this, the importance of understanding the nature and the meaning of things. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a very, yeah, a very special human capacity. Um, and so therefore, because he, because man can do that, He's able to choose um, basically between good and evil. He's, he's able to choose between affirming the goodness of things in the world or not affirming them or abusing them, basically. Mm-hmm. And that power, John Paul II says, is kind of what, um, what makes up his being a subject, um, being kind of this, this creature with this unique kind of self-possession that the animals mm-hmm. don't have. And so this kind of unique dignity and, you know, We'll also learn that this is this is also what it means to be um, created in the image and likeness of God, or as part of that, what that means, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, self possession, also meaning, I I kind of understand that I have a freedom about me. Like mm-hmm. you said, I can choose. I can choose good and evil. Um, self possession, meaning also like I I I understand myself as just me. That's what I think of, you know, when I'm, I'm like in, if I think about original solitude or Adam's experience of being alone, like there's, it's like just me-ness. Huh. Interesting. Can you, you know? say more? <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. Just me. Uh, yeah. Like self-possession, um, just being like an independent being in the okay. world. I see. Like my body is a, is the boundary between me and the world. Yeah. He talks about that. The boundary yeah. experience. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. It both unites you to the world. Mm-hmm. Like through my body, I can like engage yeah. with the world and like touch things and mm-hmm. um, yeah, be in the world. But also it, it separates me in a certain sense. Yes. Because I can only control my body. Yeah. Like I yeah. can, I could pick up things and I can touch things and I can, I can create things, but it's really my, my body that I am in control of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in a way that's self, self-possession that yeah, can explain a little it. bit you about mean, self-possession. Yeah, it's just me-ness. It's yeah. just me. It's <laughs> just me. Like I'm yeah. in the world, but I am just, I'm, I'm also just me. separate from it. There's, yeah, there's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. Um, self-possession, right. unique individuality mm-hmm. um, yeah. that I have. Yeah. yeah. And is, so that is original solitude, would you say, mm-hmm. or is there more to it? Yeah. I would say there's, there's probably a little more. Okay. <laughs> uh, Yes. So as I am thinking about our, our points, about self-possession, freedom, self-determination, being able to know and understand the meaning of the world, mm-hmm. a few things come to mind. 
man can also understand who he is in light of God. Because in the in the garden before sin, Adam knew God more than we can know God in in this on this side of of sin. Yeah. Right. He he was in a, a deeper union with God, a more yeah. a more true and beautiful and open union because there was no sin. Right. It said he walked with God in the garden. Yes. So he was never alone. I mean, when we say original solitude, mm-hmm. it's really important, I think, to note that it doesn't mean you're completely alone and you're just like before, I mean, this is kind of what more modern thinkers would say, like you're just in front of the abyss of nothingness. And it's like this terrifying <laughs> position of being alone. Like that's not um that's not the sort of Christian understanding of aloneness mm-hmm. because aloneness is always um, in relation. I mean, Adam was created. Um, Adam was never kind of just by himself. He was always with his creator yeah. um, and in relation to his creator. And that's how he understood himself mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in light of all of what we just said about what John Paul II talks about in original solitude of man, let's mm-hmm. talk more about this experience of singleness yeah. of being on the, alone in the world uh feeling like i'm not i'm not in relationship yet or in a relationship that that um yeah make that i want a relationship that i want yeah so yeah let's talk more about that okay yeah okay well, yeah you were saying that uh in the in the beginning that there's there's this drama or like this kind of like tension of like i want to i don't really know how to be single i don't know um yeah, like what is it to be single? Yeah. Because yeah. if we, you know, we focus so much on the vocation mm-hmm. as like the super important thing for our lives mm-hmm. and like what we're made for, all this mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be in the state of like, I'm not in that yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, am yeah. I, is it just kind of this like limbo period mm-hmm. and there's nothing good in it for me? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. How, how do I understand it? And like also, how do I, so that's one question. And I think also the next question is, how do I prepare myself to be in relationship? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, mean, I think it's, you know, we do all want to be in relationship. And I think we also could clarify, like, we don't believe that there is, um, this is kind of a debated topic, but I think I'm willing to say, like, we don't believe there is a single, a call to be single, or some people would say that. Um, but I don't think that um, that's kind of what John Paul II would indicate. I think that he would say that we are called to enter some kind of formal vocation, some kind of formal vowed state of being totally given over to someone. And that is really the fulfillment of our, of our human nature mm-hmm. um, in a certain sense. So it is, yeah, it's very important. It's not like, you know, being single in a certain sense is a suffering because we haven't, um, we haven't sort of entered that fulfillment mm-hmm. yet. But that's also not to say that you must enter that state of fulfillment or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the vocation formally in order to be, a, yeah, a fulfilled person and to be holy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can name right. all these, you know, um, Blessed Pierre, Giorgio Frasati. Is he a saint yet? I forgot. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> He's something. <laughs> He's great. Um, he, yeah, he, he was, you know, single. Mm-hmm. He never entered his vocation. Yeah. And yet he's this saint, right. you know, it, this yeah. incredible person. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not to say that like, yeah, you need that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it is like important. That. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Okay. Yeah. So I think uh, as you're talking and, and just thinking about just being alone and, and single, I think what might be helpful to start to think about if you are single is, is this connection you have in your identity first given by God, right? So like Adam was given his identity he, he could understand himself in the garden. Yeah. He could understand who he was in light of his creator, in light of God. 
Okay. And so really being comfortable with who you are in your identity as a child of God or that you're loved by God first, that, that I can be happy being loved by God. Like that's right. desirable to me Yeah. to, to, to live a life in relationship with God, you know, and, and be happy in that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, that's good. Yes. It seems like you're saying, um, recognizing this fact of like, even though I might feel alone and I kind of mm-hmm. have this ache for, um, a relationship, I have this mm-hmm. ache to give myself, um, mm-hmm. in this kind of more, you know, the spousal complete way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always in relation. You, yeah, you, you know, you've always wanted to go to Paris. Well, now's your chance. If you go with Select International Tours, the sponsor of today's Awaken Catholic Show episode, you can join Claire Swinarski from the Catholic Feminist Podcast, as well as author and speaker Catherine Whitaker and our amazing hosts, Morgan Holliger and Megan Burwell from Awaken's show Naked Without Shame on a once-in-a-lifetime Seine River Cruise pilgrimage in France. Visit and venerate the Sister Saints of France in Les Yeux, Paris, and more. Sacre bleu! Learn more by visiting selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. I'm first in relation to God. I'm also in relation to other people. I mean, people within the church. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I, I think if I can't um, recognize that and kind of have not Mm -hmm. like a total satisfaction, because I think it is important to affirm that we we need to desire Mm -hmm. this kind of spousal Mm -hmm. to to give ourselves spousal, you know, whether that's in marriage or whether that's in consecration Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, to God, Mm -hmm. we we do need to desire that. But um, it's also that we we need to develop a kind of peace and um, just kind of, I don't know. um, Yeah. A peace in our, Mm -hmm. in our current state just before God and before the world basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, um, if we can't do that, it's difficult then to enter a relationship, to mm-hmm. enter a vocation in um, the most healthy way. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. So when when we don't have these things in mind, the this peace or this this identity, I should say, um, yeah, of who I am, who I am created as, and from, mm-hmm. what can happen? What are what are some of the consequences then, right. practically, of yeah. of being single? And I I just I don't feel secure. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about Julia Roberts in Runaway Bride. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She, she like really was un, unstable in her identity of who yeah. she was and who she liked and, and would kind of lose herself. I mean, I think that's lose herself. a mm-hmm. lot in the culture is that, mm-hmm. I, and I think we kind of get caught in this almost like dichotomy, um, which is a bit unhealthy of like, either I'm in a relationship and I like totally lose myself and the other person just overshadows me. And I'm kind of like, blind in love mm-hmm. or I like need to like not be in a relationship. I need to be single. I need to be self-possessed. I need to kind of mm-hmm. be my own person. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like songs. Like what's that? What we're talking about this song. I'm, I'm not really up on pop culture. I should, should be more. But I think you're a, talking about the song by Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Yes. The, I, need, I need to lose you to love me or yeah. I needed to hate you to love me. <laughs> I think so. I and know. that's what it is. But I think that's so interesting because it does you know, I think that's, that's a bit unhealthy. Um, but I mean, as like a statement, like as a general statement, I mean, maybe like she was in a bad relationship, but you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that you have to 
it's either or basically mm-hmm. in this sort of simplified way. Like either I'm in a relationship and I kind of don't know myself or I am not in a relationship and I'm kind of detached and therefore I know myself mm-hmm. and I'm free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, these are, this is kind of like our culture, I think sort of tends to like um, fall into these two sort of polar opposites. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because maybe we don't, like we were saying, kind of understand that um, a relationship is it's necessary in a relationship to first sort of have this this sense of self-possession and first a, a relation to God, to, yeah, the sort of deepest thing and part of me is mm-hmm. my relation to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is sort of what defines me, what kind of like anchors me. You're at peace with yourself and you know yourself. And then when you enter into a relationship, I think the like the middle ground is that your relationship doesn't allow you to lose yourself or close yourself, huh, but allows you to, it allows you to affirm yourself. Uh, you know, yeah. like when somebody that you're in a relationship with really loves you for who you are, you, you flourish, you become more you. Yeah. And it affirms that original state of mm-hmm. being in relation to God. It kind of affirms your original solitude oh, in a certain yeah. sense. The, so the relationship. Like yeah. Yeah. What do I you like, mean? I, I, I see where you're going, but what do you mean more about that? Like it affirms your original solitude when you're, when you're in a healthy relationship and you, and two people can, can meet there, right. Yeah. And, and receive each other and flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you, what did you mean by like yeah. affirms your original solitude? Yeah. I think it's like when you go into a relationship with this kind of self-possession and this knowledge of, of who you are in relation to God and in relation to the world, then that relationship doesn't take you away from that mm-hmm. or distract you from that, but it actually kind of reinforces that mm-hmm. in you. It, 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 it kind of reminds you actually mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that should be the function I think of a healthy relationship mm-hmm. is that this person becomes this very particular reminder of my relation to God and of who I am. Um, and that's, I think oh, that's what you have to, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. And not to be like, not to like paint it in this sort of like super, you know, <laughs> it's always going to be perfect. Right. And it's never yeah. going to like kind of cause yeah. attention in you. Cause I mm-hmm. think that, you know, that's, that's necessary in some ways. I mean, there's mm-hmm. going to be suffering in our relationships and we have to pass through that. Yeah. But I also think, yeah, I think that we, if we kind of have this, this disposition going into relationships and we sort of um, look for someone who kind of does that and awakens this in me, awakens this desire for God and for community and doesn't kind of separate me from those things. Yes. Um, doesn't kind of pull me away from mm-hmm. these things, but again, affirms it. Then I think it's, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And that person again, becomes this sort of like very principled, particular reminder of uh, the deepest thing in me. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you're not in this dichotomy at all. Like I was saying mm-hmm. that our culture falls into yeah, that it's yeah. either me or it's you in a relationship, Yeah, but it's actually like both in this very beautiful way mm-hmm. at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's so good. And going back to our theme in the theology, the body of gift of seeing someone as a gift. I think when you're, you're preparing to be in relationship, you can start to see then like a, a way to see someone as a gift is, is precisely to see these things you're talking about. The deepest part of me, like that this person is loved by God more than I can love them. Yeah. And then I'm actually, when I'm given someone, I'm being entrusted to care for that gift and to, to Mm -hmm. try to, to try to communicate how much God loves them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as you're saying. Yeah. So I think that's really, 
Really cool. Yeah. I also want to just continue and, and say and affirm that times of, of singleness, it can be very beautiful and fruitful mm-hmm. in this preparation and, and, and this self-discovery, this self-learning like Adam did with himself in the garden. Mm-hmm. And as you said, Adam walked with God mm-hmm. and he was happy. John Paul II says that happiness is being rooted in love mm-hmm. in the theology of the body. He says that. And I believe that. I think that's true. When when we we know we're loved, we're we're happy and we flourish. Yeah. Right? We know who we are, we know who who made us, all those beautiful things. Mm-hmm. When you receive someone in a relationship, like Adam received Eve, it's totally gratuitous. It's totally a generous gift of God. Yeah, so Adam Adam was happy. He was, you know, he was he was great. And then we can start to see people like he saw Eve as just this like overabundance and this generous gift. That's a great point. It's not this sort of like Adam's coming from this position of lacking and just Mm -hmm. like kind of like this neediness and this grasping at a relationship. Like I cannot be fulfilled if I don't have someone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's coming from this place of, okay, I'm fulfilled in God. And yes, I long, I have, I have this sense of like, I'm alone. He says that. So there, there is this kind of indication that he has this ache in him for Mm -hmm. a relationship, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not the kind of ache that's like, again, this like neediness or this like grasping, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a sort of like waiting, this posture of waiting and total dependence on God and saying like, okay, God, like, you know, how will you, mm-hmm. cause I know you will, like, I know mm-hmm. that you're good. I, mm-hmm. I know you, you love me. Like, mm-hmm. How will you fulfill this ache basically? Yeah. Um, and, and then it becomes like, you're saying the person becomes not, not just like this, like, um, function of my own, um, self-fulfillment, basically, which is kind of like instrumentalizing a person really. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like, we don't like when we're treated that way. No, we don't. <laughs> you know, it's kind of using a person really to see someone this way. Like you, I need you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you see the person as like, wow, you are given to me. Like what an incredible mystery. Like, yeah. And it kind of, it's beautiful, but I think it kind of sets the relationship free um, to, yeah, it, it positions it like it's, it's this, um, you're saying gratuitous, beautiful thing from God, as opposed to this, like, I'm going to make this happen for myself and I'm going to go out and I'm going to find me a man, (laughs) find me a woman and like, you know, make this happen for myself, which then it's not, it's not so much a gift, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, it's about intention. It's a a purity of heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's good to desire to be in relationship. This is, mm-hmm. this is good and important, but you can't, we can't do that kind of from this, this posture of trying to grasp or trying to just to totally like possess the person without again, receiving basically mm-hmm. receiving from God, this person as mm-hmm. a gift. And that's yeah. really the only way I think properly to honor a person yeah. and their dignity. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think a part of honoring that dignity too, is what you were saying before about not wanting to instrument instrumentalize a person and not treating this person as an end in what I desire. Yeah. I desire marriage. So this person is going to be a means to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it, yeah. Along with that, I think it's important to also like realize that to receive somebody is really, is really good. And to not be afraid of that and to not be afraid that it's going to distract me from my relationship with God Uh, as well. 
thing. I think especially in the Catholic scene. Yes. I've heard that a lot. Right. That this person has nothing to do with me and my relationship with God. But in fact, it has, if you're called to the married vocation, that has everything to do with your relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're participating in God's love in in and through this relationship. Uh Mm -hmm. So, so that's, I think, an important point to, to make as well that, but yeah, um, yeah, to, to not be afraid to really receive someone as a part of your journey with God. Right. And like we were saying, you know, to be in a relationship, I think that that, that um, understanding can often come from a, um, a misunderstanding basically of like what we were saying before of if we have this full self-possession in mm-hmm. a relationship with God first, and that's kind of like that doesn't go away when we enter relationship. Like that's not like we have original solitude that we have original unity yeah. like in, in the TOB book, mm. but it's, it's actually original solitude is a permanent state that we carry within our original unity and which would be like our entering relationship. Um, yeah. So I think that, yeah, we have to, un- we have to recognize that what we were saying before, like in, in our self-possession, in our being first in relation to God, um, the relationship that we'll enter into is going to affirm that. I mean, that's, that's sort of its, it's purpose basically. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of it. Like it's, it's affirming this, this deepest truth about myself mm-hmm. basically. And so it's not, I mean, if, if you have that, it's, it's not taking you away from God at all. In fact, the opposite, like you were saying, it's, yeah. it's really affirming that relationship with God and it's acting as this reminder constantly of that relationship Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, just if you have the right, if, it's basically about having the kind of right disposition and posture yeah. before the relationship. Yeah. That's so good. I like that. Yeah. And I just love just the last thought, uh, before I ask, I ask my next question that like original solitude is, is always in a, a part of us because yeah. original solitude reminds us that we are in connection with God always. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. so good. Okay, so we've thrown out a lot of great content, I think, from just what we've learned and from the theology of the body. Let's break this down a little more practically for people, apply it a little bit more. So let's talk more about someone who's single, who desires relationship. What is the best way to approach then this entering into a relationship? I think that this is, this is very difficult and it's kind of a a journey for everyone, um, this sort of experience of singleness and desiring relationship. Um, but yeah, wanting to do that in a way that is like beautiful and authentic and not kind of taking me away from, from the truth of who I am and the truth of my relationship with God. Um, I think that for me, like that's been very, very important in, um, kind of since my conversion and as like an adult, like dating and, and being in this sort of, um, yeah, trying, trying out this, um, entering relationship stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically yeah. like the, um, yeah, to, um, to really in, in my years of singleness, like work on this, um, first work on this relationship with God, um, and kind of like relationship with God also, um, being really situated in a community, mm-hmm. like not like just God, it like is a sort of isolated thing from the church, you know, from this, from my, my friendships in Christ and, and also like my, yeah, just friendships in general, like the, these being situated in relationships and like understanding myself as, I don't know, always in relationship. Um, 
and I don't know, not isolating myself, but mm-hmm. learning to love basically mm-hmm. learning to love, yeah. learning to love God, learning to love other people, yeah. learning how to be loved by other people. Yeah. And um, I think also, can I add, Yes, <laughs> this is your story or your <laughs> example, but no, adding, adding to, I just keep thinking about that movie, like learning about yourself, yeah, really understanding yourself yeah. and what you like and just, just developing your own, your own person. Yeah. And yeah. and that's so valuable yeah. to form yourself, to, to figure out what you like, what you don't like. And yeah. yeah. And to grow in virtue and to, to, to want to help people and just everything to just the formation of your person yeah. is yeah. important too. I would so. say like, it's, it's very hard and like, you know, everyone I think kind of can tend to fall into this, but like we, yeah, it, I think we should try to not live our life. I mean, live our years of singleness um, as just this, like waiting for the next, waiting for the vocation to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so hard. I mean, cause we do want to desire it and it's, it's so important to desire it, to mm-hmm. ask for it and pray mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can't kind of just totally, um, I don't know, act like these years are not also being given to you by God. Like if you, if you expect your vocation to be a gift from God, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to see that as kind of that position of like receiving yeah. a gift has to be a posture that you're in your entire life, basically. Otherwise you risk yeah. instrumentalizing your vocation mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And and then I think, yeah, I think yeah. that you can run into problems later too of like, this person doesn't make me happy. This person isn't, isn't what I thought, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What you're saying, it just real quick, it makes me think of this little postcard I saw once. Okay. <laughs> it was this image of this like prairie woman <laughs> Okay. She's holding a shotgun. Oh. And underneath the picture, it just says, alone but ready. Okay. <laughs> wow. I think that's a good alone disposition to have. Alone but ready. Alone I mean, ready. she's ready out there <laughs> for whatever's coming. Kind of like that. Kind of like that. <laughs> in a certain in sense. A, in know? a certain sense. I mean, not to be defensive, you know, the gun a thing. Defensive. <laughs> a little defensive. <laughs> But to be, yeah, I don't know if this is actually a good example. But, she, but she's ready. Yeah, she's she's, she's ready. She's ready. ready. And she's probably surviving really well. Yeah. It's such a delicate balance because I think we can go and, you know, we can tend towards like opposite directions too with this. of like either we're like obsessed with finding a relationship and like we can't focus on anything else. Um, Which, yeah, I think a lot of people like. We can fall into that. It's very easy to, and it's very natural to in a lot of ways. Or we can kind of like try to avoid that, that desire and find things to kind of fill up that desire. Um, like your career or like, I don't know, like watching Netflix or like, I don't know, you know, at least like, I think that that's, that's another danger in your singleness, like to really practice living the ache. Oh, that's really, that's really a good piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. Living that ache in a good way, like that neither negates it and like says, okay, I'm just not going to feel this. This is too hard yeah. to be in this position of openness and waiting. So I'm just going to like yeah. ignore it mm. um, or like I'm going to be obsessed with it and like constantly trying to like yeah. Yeah. make the vocation happen yeah. and not kind of receive it as a gift. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to just, yeah, it's really just being in a position of prayer, you know, yeah, a, a position of like honesty before God, like, God, this is what I desire. Like you know, please show me how you're going to fulfill me in this life. You know, mm-hmm. show me what you want for my life and like how mm-hmm. you desire to make me happy. And yeah. And that prayer becomes embodied in your day-to-day life. You, you pray these things and then you see 
how God is working in each moment yeah. to, to fulfill your desires. Yeah. yeah and, he, exactly. and he will. So anyway, <laughs> anything else you want to share? No, I think that's it. I think that was good. All right. Okay. Very good. Well, thanks everybody yes, thank for listening into our conversation. We really enjoyed this. This was a good, good conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, hope to see you next time. But remember, you are good and you are a gift. We'll see you later. See you later. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.